Hola mi gente. The moment you've been waiting for is finally here. My brand new book, Financially Lit, is officially out. And I can't wait for you to get your copy. Inside this book, I'm bringing you culturally relevant and relatable personal finance advice that will allow you to finally feel seen, heard, and understood. Whether it's the guilt you feel from being the first person to make it while members of your family are still struggling, or the way that financial trauma manifests itself in negative and limiting beliefs around money, Financially Lit is here to guide you through it all. Just a few years ago, it was almost impossible to find personal finance books written for first-generation wealth-building Latinas. We have been forced to navigate the complicated world of money with a bunch of money books written by old white dudes who don't understand what it's like for us first-gen kids. But that stops right here, right now. Inside Financially Lit, you will learn how to set boundaries with your familia, with your dinero, create and pass on generational wealth, diversify and increase your income, protect yourself from financial abuse, navigate the complicated relationship between amor and dinero, invest like a white dude or better, and so much more. You can get your hard copy and audiobook version of Financially Lit at financiallylitbook.com and make sure to join our email list so you can find out when I'm stopping in a city near you for the Financially Lit book tour. See you soon. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everybody's motivated differently, and that's my getting out of debt is my motivation because regardless of how long it's going to take me to do it. Like, I know that that's the light. Like when I envision my life, none of what I envision is, is me shackled to debt. You're listening to Yo Quiero Dinero, a personal finance podcast for the modern Latina. I'm your host, Janice Torres Rodriguez, personal finance expert, speaker, writer, and business coach. I teach women of color how to build wealth and gain financial independence through side hustles and investing. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're talking about how to make dinero, how to keep it, and how to make it grow. If you're ready to become poderosa with your dinero, you've come to the right place. Hola, mi gente. Welcome back to another episode of Yo Quiero Dinero, the podcast. This is your host, Janice. And today we are officially kicking off our Black History Month celebration. We are going to be highlighting Black voices exclusively during the month of February. And I'm super excited to announce that we're also doing double the episodes this month. So you're going to get twice as many podcast episodes as you are used to getting we're going to be releasing episodes on Thursdays and Sundays throughout the month of February and super excited to just be able to use this platform to amplify black voices and share personal finance stories and journeys that do not get shared on other platforms. So thank you for your support. Thank you for being here. And I hope you're looking forward to this month of amazing guest interviews. So we're kicking the month off with a bang and we're going to be welcoming Nika Booth of Debt Free Gonna Be. Nika is sharing her debt-free journey. She is paying off six figures of debt as a single black woman in the Washington, D.C. metro area. And so we're going to be talking about how you can tackle 
six figures of debt with a single income. I'm super excited for you guys to dive into this combo. So let's get into it. Before we hop into today's conversation, I want to remind you to follow us on social. If you're loving this podcast and you want more community, you want to find out more about our events and all the stuff that we have going on behind the scenes, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and everywhere else you love to hang out on the internet. If you're loving this podcast, please take a moment to leave us a review if you listen to us on Apple. It's the easiest way to share our podcast with people that you know and love, and it helps us get discovered by amazing listeners like you. So take a moment, leave us a review, share us with your friends and family, subscribe so that you never miss an episode, and make sure to check out our blog, YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com, where you can sign up for our email list and you'll never miss an episode. Plus, you get exclusive invitations to our live events, special discounts for our digital courses, and as always, our best personal finance tips and advice to help you be poderosa with your dinero. Thanks for listening. Now, let's get into the episode. Nico, welcome to the podcast. So, so excited to have you here. I feel like this has been months in the making, so I'm so excited that we can finally connect. So excited. I, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. Like, you're right, though. It's long overdue. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's start off with you introducing yourself to the audience. All right. Well, I am Nika. I am a single woman in Washington, D.C., on a journey to slay my six-figure debt. Uh, I had suffered depression because of my debt and waking up every day going to a job that I didn't exactly like. And I said, you know what? I've had enough of this. Let's be serious about getting out of debt. And that's when I started Debt Free Gonna Be. Got it. Okay. So we're going to dive into this six-figure debt, which... I mean, when I saw the number, I mean, I got anxiety for you. I'm just like, oh my God, there's so many people out here that are getting into like six figures of debt and they really don't understand like, first of all, how that happens, why it happens, all these things. So I want to dive into like your story, how we got here and then what was that, that moment for you. But before we dive into that, I would love to talk about like what your relationship was like with money growing up. Like, what did you learn about money? Oh, it was non-existent. Uh, like, it, like it was non-existent. But the way that I kind of describe it, it was more so reckless, and it just lacked boundaries. So I was raised by my single mom. Shout out to her. Um, you know, I saw her work hard. She worked several jobs, you know, to keep a roof over my head. But we never talked about money. Uh, not in the household. Not in any of my immediate family members' household. So it wasn't something that I knew from a positive standpoint. It was always something like. This is what we don't have. When you know, and I'm sure you know when you when you would ask for things, you know, mom would be like, "Well, do you have McDonald's money or do you have toys, you know, Toys R Us money?" That's how it was for me, you know, and and looking back, I I honestly never even saw anyone pay a bill. Like I knew bills were a thing. Um and what I understood was that whatever it is that you wanted, the things that you had around you, the things that you drove, the things that you wore, there was a bill associated with it. Um, and so because of this, because I didn't necessarily grow up in a household in which I learned healthy money habits, I didn't have any. And I didn't have any for a very long time throughout my young adult and, you know, later adult life. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. And so can so many of our listeners. So let's dive into the debt. Where did it come from? It's mostly student loans. So um I started off with about $189,000 in debt. Uh, about 133 of that was student loans. Um, and I know, I, I, 
I know I'm not unique, but I know exactly where all of my debt came from. Which is good because most people don't. Most people don't, right? Um, you know, now when it gets to the credit cards, because I had I had about forty thousand dollars in credit card debt. Now when it gets to that, things might be a little, 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 little blurry. Um, <laughs> because there was a lot of swiping the card to finance lifestyle, a lifestyle to keep up with people. You know, I'm I'm sure, you know, people can relate to keeping up with friends that that either were broke just like you or weren't broke, but you wanted to be like them. You wanted to do what they were doing and be where they were. Um, that was definitely me. I also dated not so good men um, that I also, you know, swiped and financed uh, in more ways than I should have. Um, and then the rest of that was was a car loan. Um, the, by the time I started my debt-free journey, though, the car loan was the least of my worries. But that student loan debt was crippling, is crippling because I still have it. Um, and so, yeah, going through school, first generation college, you know, college student, uh, I, I definitely took out way more than I should have in order to pay for school. Um, those refund, refund checks were, were the thing. Uh, I remember, you know, people always talking about, you know, I got my refund check and they'd go off and go buy clothes or go buy a new bag or, or even go on trips. And I thought that that was normal. And that was the way, you know, the way you got through college by, taking on more than what you could actually afford to pay. Uh, and, and then I looked up one day and I'm sitting with $133,000 in student loan debt. And I believe my principal was actually somewhere around 90000 Wow. Yeah. Damn, those refund checks, they get you because even the term refund check, it's like, oh, this is money that was owed to me. It's like, absolutely not. This is just excess shit that you took out that you didn't need. And now that you know, trip that you took to Cabo for spring break, you're going to be paying for the next 20 years of your life. And you don't even really understand that that is the case until you start getting those bills. Exactly. And I, and I did a terrible thing in that I kept deferring even after I got out of under, even after I got out of undergrad, went to grad school, got out of grad school. I just kept, I never prioritized paying the student loans. I most like most people didn't realize what I was signing up for. And I just assumed it was something it was, I was like kicking a can down the road. And I just assumed it was something that I would get to eventually. Um, you know, but it wasn't until it, it's staring me in my face and it, it's weighing on me. It, it's making me depressed. And I'm realizing how much it it's limiting me and being as free as I'd like to be in life. You know, the very thing you work hard, you go to school for, you get a good job to enjoy a particular lifestyle, but you've got this cloud hanging over you, um, you know, because you've avoided it for so long. Yeah. So the total amount that you're paying off is over $200,000. Is that right? That is correct. It's about 211,000, but that's not how I started. Yeah. So talk about how the number got to that point. Yeah. So, um, so I started at 189. Um, I, and so I started my journey in September of 2018 and um, I had paid off roughly almost almost $16,000 in credit card debt. And um, there was still kind of this elephant in the room uh, because I had some outstanding tax returns I knew, knew I needed to follow. See, I, I've made a lot of, of money mistakes. And uh, one of them was doing like a coworker did and raising my withholding or my allowances, my federal allowances, so that I had more take-home pay. Mm -hmm. um, well, I got comfortable getting that quote unquote extra money uh, to take home, you know, every time I got paid. And because I knew it would result in me owing taxes, I 
did not file taxes for about two consecutive years. Oh, girl. <laughs> you, you, you got some balls. Okay, right, you. right. You don't mess, you don't mess with the IRS. Um, and so uh, in addition to it, in me not filing, you know, my federal tax returns, I also didn't file um, at the time I was living in the state of Maryland, I didn't file a Maryland tax return. And then when I uh, moved to DC, I didn't file a DC tax return. Uh, so, you know, coming face to face with all of my debt, I had to come to face to face with all of my debt. So even though I had gathered my student loans, you know, my credit card debt, my car loan, I couldn't ignore the fact that I still likely owed the government a, mm-hmm. a significant amount of money. And so I finally filed those tax returns. Um, I believe I filed in April of 2019. And uh, I was waiting. I was, it, it was like I was waiting nervously for what that final number would be. I can't even, at this point, I can't even remember what the projected number was. But once they added penalty, interest, plus the tax I owed, uh, it came out to about $21,946.35. I'll never forget. I'll never forget that. I know it down to the penny. And when I finally calculated, because you know it didn't all come at once. When I finally calculated how much money that was, it was like I honestly felt like my world had ended. I felt like I had done so much hard work. Like I was exhausted. I had a side hustle at the time. You know, I'm sacrificing. I'm budgeting. I'm saying no to things that I would normally say yes to. And I started to get some traction, enough traction for me to be motivated to say, you know what, I can do this. And seeing, you know, $21,000 now, and this is what you owe. And on top of that, it didn't come with nice language. They weren't nice about it. Uh, DC had threatened, I think they threatened to not renew my license. I think something was up with my registration. And then they talked about additional enforcement. And I'm I was stressed. I was panicked and I fell back into depression um, for for a while uh, before I finally, you know, kind of stood up and, and said, you know what, this is just one more debt. Let's look at it that way. Let's create a plan um, and let's tackle it like you would anything else and like the other credit card debt that you had, you know, tackled before. So that's how I got back up to, well, got up to $211,000. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, I can only imagine what that experience is like. And yeah, you're, you're completely justified in feeling like your fucking world is collapsing because I mean, that's just terrifying, right? Especially you're a single woman, you're out here, you live in a high cost of living area. Like there's a lot of, of challenges to deal with that number regardless of what your situation is. So what exactly inspired you to make a change once you confronted those numbers and you were like, all right, something's got to give. I hate my job. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I work for the federal government. Um, and I have kind of been at a crossroads in my career, um, in, in what I want to do next. I've been, um, a lit, a little unhappy, not really challenged. And, um, I was staying because at the time I was in the public service loan forgiveness program or PSLF, um, you know, and where you have to, you know, you work in public service or some other type of occupation and uh, qualifying occupation, and you make a certain number of payments within a particular repayment plan. And after 10 years, you apply for the government to forgive your loans. 
Um, and you know, it's very, it's very appealing. You know, the idea that I'm sitting with six figure debt that may take me some time to pay off by myself, that perhaps I could get some assistance, you know, if I dedicate a certain amount of time, um, the government can, can help me out and I won't have to see the rest of that through. But when I thought about how much time it would take me um, to stay in my career, to stay doing what I'm doing, um, it wasn't a gamble I was willing to take. Um, on top of that, the last, the last time I looked at the statistics, the statistics regarding the number of uh, people who actually got their loans approved for forgiveness, I think there were still about 200,000 people sitting in the queue waiting. And I'm just thinking these are people waiting to start their life. And, you know, I'm, I'm a bit older and I just didn't want to do that. I, I didn't want to wait on a maybe, you know, we, we see regardless of who's, you know, in the White House, we see that the government isn't always doing what's best in the interest of the people, that they can't always come together. I mean, they can't balance half the time. They can't agree on a budget for the, the, the next fiscal year. And so for me to you know, put, I guess, rest all my laurels on the idea that the government would forgive my loans, it, it wasn't enough for me. And that's what really made me, that was the thing that really made me um, decide to be serious. In addition to the fact that the debt was just so depressing. And shortly after I actually started my debt-free journey, uh, the federal government was furloughed. And I just did not, all of that came down. And I didn't like the idea that not only was I carrying this debt, but now here I am essentially a pawn in someone else's game that, they, that can dictate when I work, how I get paid and how much I get paid. And, and so all of that combined really lit the fire under my ass to get it together because I had started and stopped this journey a few times. Mm -hmm. but, I think that's totally normal. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and so, but this time I, I was serious and I haven't looked back. Yeah, I, I love your frame of thought because, you know, at the end of the day, all these quote unquote government programs can be pulled out from under you at any time. Like there's no guarantee that they, they ain't signing some contract with you saying that they owe you, uh, you know, to see the end of your term when it comes to being in this loan forgiveness program. Like it's just the same way that we've seen like with people who came here as kids with DACA. Every time somebody gets elected, their whole uh, status is in question. Right. And it's like, who the fuck wants to live like that? That's that you can't, you cannot build a future. You can't even plan a future without even knowing like that other people have control of, of what the hell's going on with your life. So I think you made the right decision. Okay. So let's talk about your debt-free journey. So how did you actually get started? What was your game plan? Like talk us through the strategy. Well, like most people, <laughs> I came across Dave Ramsey. Bum, bum, um, bum. Yeah. <laughs> So that's how I got started, um, you know, but, you know, like a lot of other people who started with Dave, you know, you, you kind of realize what works for you, what doesn't work for you, what you can relate to, what you can't relate to. And, you know, no, no shade, but the principles are, are a little outdated and don't necessarily apply to me as a woman, as a single woman, as a single black woman, um, you know, and so there, there are certain challenges that, that we face, you know, as women of color that, that aren't always, that didn't always seem to be uh, considered uh, when providing personal finance uh, advice. And so um, I did use the debt snowball to get started in. And with the debt snowball, and, and if for, for those that aren't familiar, the debt snowball is a debt repayment method where you uh, tackle your debt 
uh, from smallest debt to largest debt uh, as far as the balance is concerned, regardless of the interest rate. And so um, I was actually able to pay off using that method. I was able to pay off about 16 credit cards in my car loan. Yeah. Um, and then I shifted a bit, but I think it was the the right time that I was going to shift anywhere where I was actually going to be tackling uh, the highest interest rate. Um, and uh, I, I guess I kind of switched to the debt avalanche method. And that's what I'm on at this point now, uh, where I'm tackling my highest interest rate card. Um, and so I, I guess I've kind of done a hybrid uh, of, of debt repayment methods. And, and I think it just all matters. You know, you try something, if it doesn't work, then you pivot and make some adjustments to figure out what works best for you. Um, and so, yeah, that, that's been, that's been the way that I've done it, uh, since I started a, a couple of years ago. Um, and, and I love the debt snowball method, although it's not the, the most, it's not the most financially like advantageous method, so to speak, because you're tackling your smallest debt, which means you could be still paying uh, higher interest while you're tackling your smallest debt. But I'm one of those people like I need motivation. I need to see progress uh, while I'm tackling this mountain of debt. And so the debt snowball method allowed me to, you know, get those wins early on, even though I still have, you know, six, the six figure debt that I'm tackling and it's going to take me a while to do it. I was able to kind of eat up that momentum that I had to get to where I am today. I mean, I talked about the the twenty one thousand dollar tax debt. I actually just shared that I literally have three thousand. I think I have thirty three hundred dollars left of twenty one thousand dollars in tax debt. Um, it, the the motivation, the the quick wins, the okay, I did that. Now I can do this. Definitely helps in in helping me keep my eye on the prize and keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, how much total debt have you paid off at this point? I've paid roughly. It's been a while since I've calculated, but I think I'm near like sixty thousand. Wow! In yeah. how long is that? Uh, twenty uh, September twenty eighteen. So okay, uh, a little over two years, almost yeah. three. That's amazing. Wow. Congratulations, girlfriend. Like that type of discipline, I can't even imagine. Like I I don't even have enough discipline to go to the gym, let alone (laughs) me either. Girl. (laughs) Shit. It's a struggle. (laughs) It is. The struggle is real, you know, but when you but when you realize like, you know, when you realize you're just not happy working for someone else, and you know, you know, you're not happy working for someone else, you want to be able to travel, you don't want to be tethered to things all the time. You know, everybody's motivated differently. And that's my getting out of debt is my motivation, because regardless of how long it's going to take me to do it, like, I know that that's the light, like, when I envision my life, none of what I envision is, is me shackled to debt. That is so limiting. And I know it's normal for so many people, but it, it stops you from doing so many things. And I don't think, I I don't think people really realize how limiting it is sadly until they get it, until they accrue it. And then it's like, well, now how am I going to pay for it? Exactly. Yeah. Debt is so normalized in our society. It just feels like a rite of passage almost. So good for you. I am so proud of what you're doing. And I think it's so helpful that you're sharing your journey with people because there's nothing like seeing somebody that you can identify with like tackling the same goal that you might have and just being able to find like community and find camaraderie in that experience so that's awesome i agree like that was one of the reasons why in addition to just wanting to hold myself accountable 
Um, it was also one of the reasons why I started documenting my journey on Instagram, mm-hmm. because when I was like peeking around in the debt free community, I was like, all right, well, where the black people at? <laughs> you know, like, where's where are the people where are the single people? You know, it, even even when I was listening to, you know, back in the day when I was listening to Ramsey or whatever, like I would always notice that there were a lot of couples. There were a lot of couples, married people or, you know, households with dual incomes. And I'm thinking, okay, well, that's not me. So can this be done or not? Um, And I think it is important for, you know, they say representation matters and it really does. You know, when you see, so like you're saying, you know, when you see someone that you can relate to, whether they look like you or not, or their circumstances are similar to yours, it gives you hope because it lets you know, like if they can do it, then I have a shot too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I want to ask you, because right now we're in a very unique situation where the government has frozen the interest rates on federal student loans. So are you taking advantage of that in a way? Like, are you paying extra or have you stopped payments? What are you, uh, are you using that opportunity to like catch up on, on debt? I am. Now I wish I was taking advantage and actually making principal only payments to my student loan debt. But one of the goals that I set for myself when I started this journey was that I wanted to become credit card debt free first, because to me that let me know that I was able to change my spending behavior, my triggers, um, the emotional spending that I tended to do tend to do and actually be in control of it to pay off my credit card debt mm-hmm. without going back into debt. Um, and so I kind of wanted to tackle my debt in segments. So car loan, credit cards, the tax debt, then student loans. So I actually paused all paused my payments, even though I was capable of making them. I paused my payments uh, during the first round. So when the CARES Act came out initially, I guess was last March, um, I paused my payments, and that that allowed me to actually pay off my Discover card and my Bank of America card. A total of like twenty, I think it was twenty three thousand dollars total last year, just with those two cards. Um, and so I have extended uh, not making the or extended the pause, and I'm actually going to pay off the remaining 3300 for the DC tax debt. And I have one credit card left, and that is roughly $17,000. So my plan is to be tax debt free and credit card debt free before payments resume again in September or October 1st. That's excellent. Wow. Yeah, I think you're making a really strategic move because right now they're not charging interest. Um, so nothing's accruing and you basically it's like a you have a holiday off of being able yeah. to pay your loans and you're not gonna be any worse off when that repayment period starts. So I think uh yeah, that sounds really, really well thought out. Thank you. It, no, but exactly. Um, you know, I'm hoping that I can even pay the remaining tax and credit card debt off sooner so that I can at least have a month or two of principal only payments. We'll see. That's kind of like my stretch goal, but I would love to be able to at least, um, you know, make a couple of principal only payments. But like you're saying, even if I don't, like I'm still going to be in a good position, you know, I'm not accruing interest at this time. And just think like when I do start paying all my student loans again, I'll have that much more money that I'm not throwing the credit card debt in this tax debt that I can then throw to my student loan. So that is the plan. I, we're going to have to have a party when I become credit card free because after that, it's on. These, these student loans are the bane to my existence and I cannot wait for them to go. 
Yeah, it is a very liberating experience. And I also love that you talk about like how your journey evolves as you get more information, as your situation changes. I think it's like the thing that stresses people out about budgeting and creating like a debt repayment plan is that they think they have to be locked into a specific routine or or whatever for the entire time that they're doing this. And it's like, no, you can take a pause. You can reshift your priorities. It's about you. Like it's not about locking yourself into one way of doing something. Exactly. And you'll stress yourself out thinking it has to look one particular way. Life life is not perfect. It's not in a straight line. And and I and I think I knew that before, but I'm telling you, getting hit with that twenty one thousand dollar curveball, that tax debt, definitely let me know that, you know, hey, you're gonna see some setbacks on this journey. It's all about how you weather them and push forward and, and making sure that they don't knock you down. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online store shop phase to the first real life store stage, all the way to the, did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dinero, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dinero now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dinero. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your thoughts on why financial literacy is so important for our community to really just take the time to to educate ourselves, right? Because I know you have seen it in your community. I see it with mine all the time. There's, we're just not talking about this shit. And then like we're dealing with the repercussions of having this lack of knowledge as adults. So what are you hoping through your platform to like educate people on and why is financial literacy something that you're passionate about? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, one of my things is that I shouldn't be the first, you know, um, I shouldn't be the first in, in, but we are right. We are. 
Um, and what I want people to be is in pop people who look like us, you know, people who share similar paths, um, to be empowered. This space has been so white male dominated for so long, um, that it, it's time for us to lend our voice to the personal finance space. It's time for us to share our experience, share what we know, um, because it's one thing for us to build wealth, but we're talking about generational wealth, right? Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things I've learned in looking into personal finance and learning more about wealth building is that in other communities, this stuff is talked about all the time. Now, the, the system is set up um, to not necessarily uh, benefit us the way that it should. Um, mm -hmm. The system benefits others more than more than some, but you know, women of color are some of the most educated people. And it's time for us to take control and make the best of the hand that we've been dealt. And even though there are these obstacles that are going to be in our way that say, no, you, you don't deserve to make what this man makes, um, you know, or no, you know, women should be in the kitchen or women should be doing X, Y, and Z. It's really time for us to take control and change that narrative. And I think the only way to do it is to continue to share on our own platforms um, how important personal finance and financial literacy is, especially for women of color, so that we can impact generation after generation after generation, much like wealth is passed down. Yeah, that, that's such an important message. And during the pandemic, we have seen the disproportionate impact on communities of color and especially women. I think I've read the like the last results of the the latest month job loss, like all 100% of the jobs that were lost were held by women. Oh so God. I'm just like, yo, ain't nobody got time for this shit no more. Not at all. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, they're calling it a she session because it's literally just decimating all of the progress that women have made over these past four or five decades to even continue to strive towards, you know, equal pay and all that shit. Cause we're obviously not there yet, but, right. um, you know, these, the service level jobs and these jobs in tourism and all of these industries that have been impacted have overwhelmingly affected women and especially women of color. So I think it's so important, the work that you're doing. And that's why this platform exists because again, we're not talking to people about money, but money impacts you regardless of your race, your color, your sexual orientation, and if you don't know how that shit works, you're going to be a fucking slave to it your whole life. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I can imagine on this debt-free journey, shit can feel really stressful. And sometimes you're probably like, you know what? I'm, I'm fucking done with this. Like, I'm, I'm over it. So how do you build self-care into this process so that you don't get to the point where you're just like, I can't do this shit no more? So I am an advocate for, first of all, budgeting for blow money. That's first and <laughs> foremost. Like, but you're right. I like this shit is hard. It takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of emotional toughness too, you know, to get paid and see you send a bulk of your money, you know, after you've satisfied, you know, your, your necessities to keep a roof over your head and food in your refrigerator and the lights on, then you send a bulk of your money to debt. And the yeah. thing about that is it's such a it's such a mental exercise because you don't get anything in return, right? Mm -hmm. You see the numbers go down, but you don't actually have anything in your hand saying, oh, look at, <laughs> look at what I did. Um, so I definitely make sure, one, to build in 
money for myself that I can spend on food because I love eating uh, or uh, plants, <laughs> right? I mean, God, food is love um, or plants because during the pandemic and during the, um, you know, kind of the civil unrest around social injustices, I had to find a way to channel all the negativity and the hatred, it weigh, as, as I'm sure you know, it just weighs on people of color, you know? Yeah, and you're like seeing it up close and personal in DC. I mean, really. Yeah. Um, and so I became a plant mom <laughs> and, you know, and, and so if, if, if I need, if I, if that's what I feel that I need, you know, I'm going to build that in, I'm going to build things in that bring me joy that don't take me away from my progress. You know, they mm-hmm. don't derail my progress. Um, but another thing that I do, um, in order to kind of keep me going and it might sound a little cliche ish, but I reflect, mm. um, you know, I have a mountain of debt ahead of me, but the, but if I focus on that, it's, I'm going to be discouraged, right? It almost seems like it's impossible to do, you know, who, who can look at a hundred and I think I'm at $154,000 now, like who can look at that and be like, yes, I can pay that off in two years or, you know, it's going to be easy or I can definitely do it, especially if you don't have people before you that have done it or people that look like you that have done it. And so what I do is I reflect both forward and backward. So my backward reflection is always taking a moment. And I, I try to do this at least once a week, especially when I'm in the process of making extra debt payments. Um, and I think about all the things that I've done um, so far since starting my journey, but it's not so much about paying off a debt. Those are like big wins. Um, but I also look at the the small ones too, like the behavior changes, the mindset changes, the fact that you know a year ago, I was a completely different person. I wasn't treating money you know, the way that I'm treating it now. I didn't have the money uh, that I have now. And I wasn't impacting the people that I'm impacting now um, from a positive standpoint. And so I I take a moment to reflect constantly um, so that I remind myself or more so show appreciation for who I am today versus who I was. Um, But then I also look ahead, but I don't look too far ahead. And I think one of the things that might intimidate people is when they look at their debt as a whole, which you should be aware of it, but it doesn't need to kind of hang over you or kind of like blink like a light in the side in your periphery, Um, you know, because we know it's there, but I tend to bite my debt off a little bit at a time. There's like this saying about how to eat an elephant. (laughs) I don't know if you've heard it, but like you eat an elephant like one bite at a time because it can be overwhelming trying to put the whole damn thing in your mouth. Um, and so, you know, I, I've, like I've said, you know, you've heard me say that I've kind of segmented my debt where my milestones are kind of tackle your car loan, then tackle your credit cards, then tackle your tax debt. And that's kind of how I do. So I don't say, oh my goodness, I still have $154,000 left. I say, okay, I have a tax debt that is $3,300. That is what I'm going to focus on. And then after that, I focus on the credit card. And so by the time you look up, if you if you take these little bites or little chunks and you look up, guess what? You've got a whole line of dead debt behind you that you've slayed, you know, because you're not overwhelmed and stressed out about all that is in front of you. Have an eye on it, sure, but kind of like have your head down. I guess they say in the zone. Um, you know, kind of blinders on. And this is the thing I'm focused on right now. And and that's been tremendously helpful uh, in these last two and a half, I guess it's two and a half years since being on my journey where I just take moments to reflect and I don't 
I only focus on the most immediate thing in front of me. And that's how I've been able to do it because I know me. I know if I didn't have, um, if I didn't have moments where I took to appreciate how far I've come, I'd beat myself up. You know, I'd beat myself up. I'd say things like, you know, well, if you didn't do this, you wouldn't be in this much debt. And then you'd become, I'd become depressed all over again. You know, I'd get discouraged about it um, because there's still so much, but um, doing it this way, practicing this type of self-care has, has been very helpful. Yeah, that's that's so important. The mindset thing is really something that you have to always be working on, right? Because it's very easy to just let yourself kind of fall into the pit of despair if you focus on all of the negativity. Indeed. All right, so let's talk about your your best advice for somebody who wants to start getting control of their finances but doesn't know where to start. What would you tell them? Oh, yeah, this is a good one. So first and foremost, you're never going to have all the answers. Um, You know, I when I started when I was starting my journey, I would sometimes um, I was sometimes kind of like my therapist says it's a a paralysis by analysis, like you want everything to be perfect. You want to have all the answers. So you don't do anything because you're just so focused on, you know, doing it right. Like you definitely if you're starting out, you you have to make sure you build in flexibility to get some things wrong at first, uh, to, you know, try things out and and figure out if they work for you. And then if they don't like give yourself space to pivot. Um, and you know, just because you may not have the answers or you say you don't, um, you know, know how to budget, you're not that good with money, you know, kind of shift that mindset and say, but you have the resources to become good with money. You have the resources to get the answers that you need. Um, and then the next thing is definitely get on a budget. Always say, you know, start with your mindset, start with, you can do this regardless of where you're starting from. Um, but you got to get on a budget, um, in order to get to where you want to go in order to start, in order to start paying off debt and get fully in control with your money, you've got to know what you got coming in and what you got going out. Um, and you know, a budget doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be fancy. It can be as simple as just gathering all your bills, your expenses, bank statements, because you want to know how you're spending money and where you're spending money, and then subtracting that stuff from what you got coming in. And then if you realize, you know, you're not, you know, you're spending money unnecessarily, make those cuts and then reallocate that money to what matters to you. So that's like my best advice in getting started. Like have the mindset because a lot of people don't do this because they're like, oh, well, nobody before me has done it. I don't know how to do it. I'm not good with money. There are all these negative thoughts that tend to come in. And I think in order to start, in order to be successful, once you start, you've got to have the mindset that you can do it. And then it, my, and my, my next answer is always, you got to have a budget. Got to know, you've got to know. And, and don't be like me because I thought, you know, the few times that I started this journey over and over again, I was like, oh, well, I got a list of bills. I know when my bills are due and I know how much I got to pay, but that's not a budget. A budget is literally telling your, it's a roadmap. It's literally telling your money where to go, but it is in line with your goals. So you can't say you want to get out of debt, but you're still spending, swiping credit card. And then the next thing you know, you get a bill and you can't, you can only afford to pay the minimum payment. Like that's not, that's not conducive to your goals, right? But if you say, you want to save money or you want to pay off debt and you've cut out the unnecessary spending, you've 
giving yourself a budget every month to go to Target or whatever your vice is, minus food, you know, you cut back unnecessary spending. Maybe you cut cable um, if you're, you know, spending hundreds of dollars a month, but you're only watching four channels. Like that was me. That was why I cut cable. Um, it just didn't make sense. I wasn't sitting around watching TV hour, all hours of the day to for it to the money that I was spending to make sense. You know, you cut off your unnecessary expenses and you put that money to saving and paying off debt. I love it. Y'all just listen to what Nika said and you'll be perfectly fine. Like <laughs> legit. I can't, I can't even add anything to that because that was literally a roadmap from A to Z of how to get your shit together. So if this doesn't help you, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to start praying. Start talking to the Lord because we can't save you at this point. Right, right. <laughs> okay. So one question I do have for you. Do you invest? Because I know there's a lot of like back and forth in the debt-free community of like, when is the appropriate time to be investing? Yeah, I actually do invest. So I had, okay, admittedly, I had listened to some common but not really like not really ideal advice that if you're paying off debt, you shouldn't invest, right? Um, truth of the matter is I'm too old to do things like that. <laughs> I cannot pay off debt, wait for me to pay off debt and then invest because I'm missing out on time. I'm missing on, you know, the the money that could be growing for me, um, you know, while I'm paying off debt. So I did in the beginning stop my retirement contributions. I don't recommend anyone do that. That is the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. Mm -hmm. um, but I also, outside of um, now back to you know in investing for retirement uh, through uh, my job, I am also um, in, I have some individual stocks through TD Ameritrade, but I'm also um, investing in index funds too. I actually recently opened an account with Fidelity. Yay! Um, Right. So what I'm doing um, is I'm taking some of the money that I pay myself when I get paid um, that tends to be blow money for me. I'm actually setting some of it aside um, so that I can purchase uh, or or invest. So, yes, I'm doing both and it's OK to do both. And I'm still going to make progress on paying off my debt. But I am also going to be investing in my future at the same time, because one thing we know, time waits for no one. And I cannot look up you know, three, four years from now, because I've been so hell bent on paying off my debt and not investing. And then I don't have anything when I need it. You know, so I definitely believe that this doesn't have to be all or nothing. You can invest, save money and pay off debt at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I was talking to Dr. Hans, the investing tutor the other yes! day. And I'm so excited. I'm going to be he's going to be on the podcast soon. Um, and he was talking about like, you know, there's so much emphasis on our communities to like pay off debt, be debt free, da, 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 da. But the reality is when you're debt free, if you haven't been investing, your net worth is zero. Yep. So what the fuck are you going to do with zero? Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's like you have to be not only thinking about your future self as debt free, but you have to be thinking about your future self in the net worth investment like category as well, because otherwise you're just going to be working for the rest of your life anyway. And I'm, we're not doing that. We're not doing we're that. At the very beginning, we said at the very beginning of this conversation that that we're not doing. We're not doing that. And I started, and you know, the more accounts that I started to follow, like you, um, Delian, you know, there's a there's a bunch of you know there. Well, there's not a bunch. There's there's 
you guys are growing um, as far as, you know, women of color that are talking about investment, investing and retiring early um, and building wealth. Um, but the more I listen to you, the more I realize you got to be focused on your network because it wasn't a thing. It's never when people are talking about, um, you know, getting out of debt, we're not talking about network. We're just so focused on paying off debt. But you're right. And I love that. Like your net, my, I don't want my net worth to be zero when I'm done paying off debt. Like I want, I want to finish this being able to look at some, being able to see, oh my God, I can see my net worth more clearly now because I don't have this debt. Oh, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. We are out here to change the trajectory of what being a woman of color in America looks like. Yes, indeed. Is that Mm. easy for, can I ask you a question? Or is that easy for you? What? Like, are you the first of your family to oh, absolutely get building? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, I actually got my dad into investing a couple months ago. Like, I sat him down. Nice. He's 60 years old. I'm like, Dad, let's open a brokerage account because you're always telling me, like, random shit you're listening to on CNBC, <laughs> but you're never actually investing. So let's do it. And now, like, we're texting back and forth. We're sharing stocks. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever like done. And it's just like, yo, you just have to start opening those channels of communication. And so, yeah, I I love it. But it's, it's obviously we're still, I think we're still convincing a lot of people in our communities that these things are even possible. So that's why we just have to keep talking about it. Yeah, no, you have to. And, and, And I don't know what it is about where where people get, you know, the advice from, it seems to be such a hard, for some reason, it it seems harder for people to hear it from us Mm. versus, you know, hearing it from a a man or an old white man. You know, it's funny. I saw something on Instagram. Somebody was like, when the, when the message is coming from us, they call us scammers. Mm -hmm. But then when it's coming from white people, they're the quote unquote experts. And it's just like, what are we doing? <laughs> no, we're gonna keep. We're gonna keep sharing it. We're gonna keep teaching it because we're not wrong. Um, we know what we're talking about. Yeah, I mean, and it, you can you can listen to it from the old white man if you want to, but he doesn't know your life. He, he's not able to teach you personal finance uh, from anything other than his perspective and his life experience, which isn't yours because you don't have that privilege. There you go. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it that's the tweet <laughs> absolutely okay so since we've been talking about mindset i would love to know what your money mantra is oh, oh this is a good one um i have two um so the first one is i forgive myself for my past money mistakes um sometimes we tend to define ourselves by our current situation or things we've done that have wounded us in our current situation. And even though I've been on this journey for, you know, a few years now, I still find myself saying, if you didn't do this, then you could have this, Mm. um, that, you know, being in all of this debt is your fault and I'm human. So, you know, thoughts like that are going to creep up. Um, but I try to combat those types of thoughts with, Nika, you forgive yourself. I forgive myself for my past money mistakes because that was in the past and I can't focus on that. I can only learn from that and I can only commit to not being that person again. And I'm not that person again. Um, You know, do I struggle with, you know, 
blowing the budget sometimes on eating out. Uh, yeah, cause food is good. Um, you know, but my bills are still paid and, you know, I'm still slaying debt. Um, and so it just, it, it just takes, you know, for me to adjust. Um, and the other money mantra that I absolutely love it, it is I am worthy of financial abundance. I even have it written on my uh, bathroom mirror with a dry erase marker. Um, and this one's important to me because it's forward looking. Um, but it's also because as we've talked about, you know, being first generation college student, college graduate, first generation, um, you know, that's actually building wealth, it can be hard sometimes putting yourself as the first, um, you know, when people around you aren't doing it. And sometimes you can feel like you're not deserving because of that. Um, and so I am worthy of financial abundance is something that I say, and actually I meditate on it each morning, um, because we all are worthy of financial abundance. And I am a firm believer that what you put out, you get back. And so, you know, you want to put out more positive thoughts, more positive words, because that is what the universe is going to give you back. So I am open. I am worthy of financial abundance and need student loans being forgiven. Okay. Yes. I am here for it. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. Nika, I freaking love you. I have been I such a big you. fan of you and everything that you're doing on social. Like I'm just standing your life no, so hard right you're now. It. It's Instagram, <laughs> the podcast, TikTok. I'm loving your TikToks. Okay. I know I'm late to the game on TikTok, but I am loving your TikToks. And I, I get so inspired um, by what you share because you have, first of all, you've got more streams of income than I have seen anybody have. Okay. And every time I see you post about it, it just inspires me and it makes me, it makes me feel like I can do this. Like I am, this is what I'm worthy of. Like the freedom that you have, you know, that is what I'm working towards. And so I just want you to know, I appreciate, listen, I appreciate it. We, we know it's mutual love, mm -hmm. um, you know, but I just want you to know that I do appreciate you and everything that you're putting out there um, and you. the lives that you're impacting. Like I see it every day, you know, you're impacting my life too. So I just wanted to thank you. Ugh, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And, you know, honestly, I just operate with the internal mantra that women of color deserve to be wealthy as fuck. And so that's where I come from. That's that's where where I operate from. Everything that I'm putting out there is to really just hammer that message that we got to think bigger. We deserve more. And we got to be unapologetic about that shit. Unapologetic. Absolutely. That's it. So. For anybody who wants to find out more about you, follow your journey, celebrate with you when you become debt-free, where is the best place to find you? On the gram. Uh, <laughs> I, am, I am most active on Instagram at debtfreegunna, G-O-N-N-A-B. Um, that is where I share the good, bad, ugly of my journey. I mean, I keep it all the way real. Sometimes I'm crying. Sometimes I'm happy um, because, you know, that is also my life. You know, um, I can't share... Uh, one aspect of me and not share all as aspects of me. Um, and so you can connect with me and follow me along on Instagram. Um, but you can also connect with me on the interweb. Um, I do have a blog, debtfreegonnabe.com, um, where I've got, you know, blog posts and, and other resources as well. Amazing. Nika, thank you so much. And please 
make sure that you send me an invite to that debt free party because I will oh, totally you, be there. Listen, you better believe it. Hopefully, <laughs> we won't have to deal with COVID anymore. It's going to be lit. Yo, I hear. I'm so here for it. <laughs> Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. I hope that this episode inspired you to tackle your own debt-free journey, even if you're doing it as a single person. It's really easy to feel like all of the personal finance information out there is for couples and for people who have a support system, but I just want you to know that you are a fucking badass, especially if you're doing this on your own. So keep your eye on the prize, stay motivated, stay empowered, and stay poderosa. On the Yo Quiero Dinero podcast and associated entities, all information provided is for general information purposes only and does not constitute accounting, legal, tax, or other professional advice. Listeners should not act upon the content or information found here without first seeking appropriate advice from an accountant, financial planner, lawyer, or other professional. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this podcast and associated entities and disclaim all liability with respect to such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions or misleading or defamatory statements usage of this podcast and associated contents constitutes an explicit understanding and acceptance of the terms of this disclaimer How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.